my first insecurities, you know, was that I was a younger real estate agent, which is actually now something I'm very proud of. Um, and, you know, when someone says, hey, how old are you anyways? You're like, what? You know, what a weird question to ask. Um, but I kind of laughed because I did, you know, more transactions in my first year or two than a lot of people do in 10 or 15, you know, in their career. And so um, that's really, you know, I learned on the field for sure. Real estate rock stars, we are back. What is up? I am Shelby Johnson, and I'm here today with Kristen Beam, who is a 2023 30 Under 30 Award recipient out of St. Louis, Missouri. Kristen co-founded and now co-leads the team with her sister, KB Collective at Worth Clark Realty. She's been rocking agent life for five and a half years, and last year their team did 119 transactions. Actually, that was over the past 12 months, which was about $38.5 million in volume. Their team consists of the two team leaders, three agents, two full-time and two part-time admin behind the scenes. And we're going to dig into what that looks like, what their lanes are, what they do. And Kristen is also a lover of systems and structure in the midst of chaos. So a girl speaking to my own heart. I'm so excited to dig in with you today. Kristen, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Okay. Hit us. Tell us about you. Who is Kristen? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm a lot of things. Um, I am a toddler mom. I am a, a realtor, obviously a team leader. That's what spends most of my time, kind of a fitness junkie as well. So, um, that's Love a little that. bit about me, but I am, like you said, the team leader for our real estate team here in St. Louis. And I actually have a financial background, um, kind of in corporate finance. So I bring a little bit of that into what I do. So that is, that's a little about me. Love it. And how did you get into real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my sister is actually my partner, my business partner, and she was in it before I was. Um, she's actually almost eight years older than me, but we are asked all the time if we're twins. Um, and so I knew from a younger age that I definitely wanted to be in real estate. Um, and so we always said, hey, we're going to go into business together someday. But she went into corporate world. I went into corporate world. Um commission and sales was scary. We weren't salespeople. Um, and then she kind of took the leap. And a couple of years later, I said, Hey, I'm coming with you ready or not. Like we're going to do this. And so, um, we just dove in, haven't looked back and yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Dude, how was that diving straight into founding and leading a team? Yeah. Totally. So it started just the two of us. Um, so there wasn't a lot of leading, I guess, just from the beginning, although we definitely lead each other and hold each other accountable in different ways. But I think it really kind of laid the foundation for a lot of what our team still stands for. Um, so a lot of what we do is really bring systems and processes to really raise the bar in the industry. As we all know, it doesn't take a lot to get your real estate license. And um, for a lot of people, it's just a hobby to help people sell homes, um, which works for some, but that's not what we're doing on our team. And I think part of that rooted back from when we started, um, we were both in this full time um, and there was no there was no opportunity to, you know, do a deal one quarter and then two deals the next quarter. And then when I kind of built it up, you know, then make the leap. Like this is what we were doing full time and it's what we were committed to. Um, and it really just kind of allowed me to hone my craft really, really quickly, kind of do a crash course in real estate um, and get, you know, a lot of experience. Like 
I remember one of the, my first insecurities, you know, was that I was a younger real estate agent, which is actually now something I'm very proud of. Um, and, you know, when someone says, hey, how old are you anyways? You're like, what? You know, what a weird question to ask. Um, but I kind of laughed because I did, you know, more transactions in my first year or two than a lot of people do in 10 or 15, you know, in their career. And so um, that's really, you know, I learned on the field for sure. It's funny. I clearly remember, you know, some cross, you know, sales conversations that I would have where someone would be arguing about me with a specific piece in the contract or how we were doing something. And they'd be <laughs> like, I've been in the age in the, I've been in real estate for 17 years. And I'm like, yo dude, like that actually means nothing. How many transactions have you done? If you've done five over the span of 17 years, like good for good for you. But yeah. if, you know, if you're like Kristen and you knock out a bunch of reps up front, those reps really build the experience and allow you to take leaps and bounds ahead in the industry. And that's one of the things I love most about this industry is that you don't have to do time and service or wait to get promoted to hit, go to the next level. You control your destiny. If you want to go out there and absolutely crush it and kill it, pour your heart and soul into it and, you know, go to the top from the very beginning, by all means. So yeah, very cool that you I'm did that. Uh, Sorry. I'm laughing at remark um, about, you know, I've been in the industry however many years. I don't know why our industry really likes to stand on that. Um, but I, I used to think that a lot. It's like, what line on the contract is that in? Because I can tell you, you know, and it doesn't say that. Um, so that's something we've taken with us, you know, is like actually be an expert at the craft. Don't just stand behind your letters. So you guys jumped into business together and co-founded, you know, the, the two-person team in the beginning. What was the team evolution from then until now? So much like business planning and dreaming. And there's so many things we want to still accomplish that when we go to reflect, it's um, always very rewarding as well to say, like, wow, we've come really far. Um, so it was just the two of us to start. We actually were the top producing team at our brokerage that year, which was super fun. We're at a smaller brokerage, but that was kind of fun. And we've gotten to maintain kind of that um, that recognition ever since. But we started with a transaction coordinator um, probably by the end of that year. It was a third-party transaction coordinator where you pay by transactions. Very popular. We've since brought that in-house. We brought our first agent on in 2020, another in 2021. Um, and... Now we have a third one as well. Um, and then somewhere along the way, um, we've got a part-time marketing admin. She was towards the beginning that we brought on just someone to kind of help out with some stuff. Um, we now have a full-time virtual assistant, an in-house transaction coordinator, and kind of operations person, like I mentioned. Um, and then a part-time kind of field assistant or, or runner. Um, that is not how I would do that again, but I wouldn't change a thing where we're at now. We've got a fantastic team and um, our people is really a big part of who we are. That's so fun. Tell us how, if you were going to do it again, how would you do it? Yeah. Um, I would definitely do, well, I'm a big fan of an in-house transaction coordinator. Um, a lot of the third-party places that offer services, which is fantastic, especially like for a solo agent, because you likely are not doing I was not doing transaction to support a full-time person, um, but they kind of have a menu of things that you can choose from. So it's not necessarily an all hands on deck kind of approach. It's, oh, that's out of my scope of work. So with our in-house, it's, hey, this is what needs done for the day. She can show a house if she needs to. She can go help me clean a house. I mean, whatever. It's all hands on deck. It's not just this menu of things. So I definitely would do that in-house, 
probably sooner. Um, I also wouldn't bring on an agent first. We weren't really ready to bring on an agent, even though we thought we were. So um, we brought on an agent because it was low overhead, right? It's way less scary than a salary. Um, but we weren't really in a position systematically to do just that. I think we could have gotten more out of doing production, just the two of us in sales first Have we brought on like an admin first. Um, and that admin probably would have helped us get our systems and structure and training in place. So that way we could then teach that to agents. So in hindsight, I think we did that a little bit out of order, um, but that agent's still with us today. He's fantastic. Um, no regrets. Just, I think we could have gotten uh, to where we needed to be uh, quicker with less bruises. And I stole that from one of my coaches. So if he listens to this, he's going to be like, that's my phrase. Real quick, as you likely know, the 2024 Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind is sold out. But if one of your preferred vendors is looking for marketing opportunities, we are looking for sponsors. We would love to get their name and business out to 80 highly motivated real estate agents from across the country. Know someone who'd be interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and shoot us a quick email for more information. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Shout out. <laughs> so you love systems. You're a self-proclaimed systems lover. Could you talk about some of the systems that you have within your organization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am definitely the Excel freak I have been my whole life. Um, one of them is just a simple like contract to close process, right? Um, so having a template for that so everyone knows exactly what to follow, a very um, consistent experience for our clients, make sure we're not falling through the cracks. Um, but that's being changed um, every quarter, probably, you know, so it's not just something we're downloading and then making it kind of a one size fits all. It's an ever changing thing that we're kind of getting feedback from as we do um, transactions. Um, another system we're having so much fun just kind of playing with right now is Zapier. I can't believe I didn't use that sooner either. Um, but just automating like email triggers, for example, when our photographer delivers listing media, shooting that directly over to our marketing team um, to get listing materials ready and kind of notify people, um, really kind of trying to remove myself and my business partner as bottlenecks. Um, it's kind of the stage that I would say we're at now. Um, and I have not mastered systems by any means. It is an ever uh, growing and changing thing, but it's something I'm definitely really passionate about right, about right now. And it's something I can see us being able to leverage to get to be able to serve more people without sacrificing that experience, which we are so passionate about. So I'm looking at, okay, listeners, you have to go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and go to the toolbox because Kristen has submitted two tools for us. The first is her contract to close buyer task template, which I'm looking at right now and it's very pretty and it has all of the key tasks and dates required plus a section for notes. So I like this a lot because not only will it help keep the agent on track, but also this is something that you can share with your TC or administrative team and help keep everyone on the same page. She also submitted a listing coordination and contract to close seller task template. So same thing on the seller side. So make sure you go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com, get the toolbox. Kristen, thank you so much for that. I know that we have people out there listening and they're like, damn, like I'm just not a systems person. Like, I don't even know what that means when I, you know, I need, I know I need to create systems, but like, 
What does that mean? So what would you say to someone who doesn't have systems in their life? What does starting from the ground up look like? Any recommendations that you might have for them? Oh, goodness. Um, I would start documenting pain points. Um, So really a lot of what we have developed is because it's been a problem in the past. So for example, one of our tasks while we're in escrow is, hey, just have a conversation with buyer or seller about their moving plans. Well, that came up because of, you know, a funding emergency the day of closing where there were movers standing outside and weren't allowed to get in yet. And everyone was mad because, you know, no one wants to be in that situation. And so I think there's a lot of things in real estate that are true emergencies, not medical emergencies, but true contract emergencies um, or reasons that you need to drop what you're doing and and go do something or stay up really late or get up really early to fix. But I think realtors as a whole make everything kind of an emergency where they're just squirrels running around with their head cut off. And so what I found is that if you kind of um, preemptively lead the problems that you can foresee. It creates space mentally and on your calendar to be able to run when you actually need to run because those come up too. So I'd say start documenting the pain points um, and experiences you don't want to find yourself in again, and then creating a system so that on your next transaction, it doesn't happen. Okay. So step one, go out there, live your real estate life in the chaos and the shiny object syndrome and the whack-a-mole life of had bouncing around until you get your your face smashed in a little bit to the point where you're like, oh, I don't want to experience that pain anymore. And then you take that pain and you put it into, what would you say for someone starting out? Like, is this just like a Word document or do you like Trello? What, where should they place this first pain point that they never want to experience again? Your system. Yeah. Oh gosh. There are so many options out there. Um, I'm a big Asana fan. That's not where we manage our transactions, but I think that's a really easy one to start and it's free um, for some accounts. Um, I think it's just something that you're going to use. I mean, it's what they say about a CRM, right? Like the best one is something you're actually going to stick to. I think an Excel sheet is fine. We have what we call an active map. I can share that too. Um, that we, it's just a one snapshot of all of our transactions with all the key dates that we can look through together as a team weekly. Um, we can see, you know, 30, whatever transactions, um, 10, 30, however many are in there for the week and see exactly the highlights. We have yet to find a system that actually has a single view for something like that. So we've hung on to that spreadsheet. What was um, it called? I missed it. We call it our active map. It's kind of like a heat map where like as things are finished, they gray out. So it's kind of, you know, it progressively gets finished. So it's a really easy snapshot you can look Girl. at every day for the team. To see where we know we at. want a copy. <laughs> we okay. want it. Please. But yeah, I think it's the sophistication of the system per se. I mean, I think that's, one of the biggest mistakes new realtors make, actually all realtors make myself included, is you want to be, you know, in this system and that system and you get 72 emails with people that want to sell you their next system. And then, you know, you got to be the postcard expert. You got to be the Instagram expert. You got to be the physical expert. And the reality is you don't. Like if you're if you're dabbling in everything, you're not good at anything. Um, so I would say just pick a system that you will use, whether it's a spreadsheet or the most sophisticated one you can find, um, and just stick to it and then add to it as you go. Um, I do think there's a little bit of bumps and bruises that have to take place. Like I think there's value in actually just jumping in and doing it. Um, I think we all have to learn the hard way a little bit, like 
no one, like no one's probably going to actually go follow precisely my task template to a T. Um, it's going to look like busy work until you actually value it. Um, but start with someone else's something and then customize it to make it yours. Less is more and done is better than perfect. You're, you are speaking yeah. my language. Okay. So we have models in 2023. Absolutely. <laughs> so we have doc, we're jumping in there. You're identifying pain points and you're committing them to a process, whether that be a whiteboard or your Excel sheet or Google Doc or Asana, which actually for listeners, um, what what is Asana? Yeah, um, it's just a project management tool, essentially. I use it for my entire life, um, literally like cutting my dog's nails is in my Asana. This is embarrassing. I'm going to wish I didn't say that, but here we are. Um, Everything goes in Asana. So it gets a a due date. You can do it by different project boards. You can have collaborators. So just like on social media, you can do a little at sign and tag a collaborator. If you're saying, hey, Shelby, this is ready for your review at Shelby. Um, And it's just a really nice system to do stuff in. We personally use it for... um, Our team doesn't use it per se, but we do as team leaders with our support staff. So it's pretty much everything, all the other hats that we wear besides actually managing transactions. We do that in a different system. Um, So like hiring and training and all that kind of stuff, payroll is managed through Asana. Um, And they have a really nice mobile app, which is one of my favorite things, because even if something needs to go into our transaction management system. Um, That's not near as mobile friendly. So I'll put it in Asana. And then when I'm back at my computer or my admin or whatever, they can throw that where it needs to go. Um, But that really helps me not let anything fall through the cracks is having something I can do on the go. Notion is mine. It's, uh, do you, have you heard of Notion? No, I, I, I'm embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Oh my gosh. There's so many tech tools out there. It is ridiculous. Um, I just, Notion is kind of like, if you've heard of Evernote or OneNote, it's basically like a notebook. And so I have like all of my different projects because, you know, in life you have all the things you're working on now, the hot tasks, and then you have all the things that you'll get to one day. And so like, I have all of the different projects that I'm working on as well as my down the road notes. And I do the same thing, which is why I'm bringing this up. It's like, if I am out, they have a, a mobile app that's pretty good. And so if I'm out and about and I think of something or I listen to something on a podcast or I'm in a training and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should do that. I can grab that thought and then just put it in that section of my notebook. And I know that when the day and time comes that I've time blocked to work on that piece of the project and chip away at it, then I will open up that piece of my notebook and be like, oh, I'm so glad I had a place to catch that random thought three weeks ago that I never would have remembered. Absolutely. It allows you to sleep at night too, because otherwise you'll randomly like think of that, like, oh, did I make note of that? Or did I let that fall through the crack or whatever? So file it and then it'll be the anxiety lifting off the shoulders of like, ah, I know I will remember this in the future. So we've talked about Asana. Um, We talked Mm -hmm. about Excel and how less is more. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned uh, Zapier or Zapier. I don't even know which way to say it, but I also recently discovered this. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Love that you're like zapping things together. Um, what what else Amazing. are you using? What other either tech or um, sites or whatever? 
Yeah. Um, Rivity is the CRM system that we use that's actually new in the last probably six months for us. Um, we wanted something that integrated with our website. So we used to have a website and then an IDX feed that list uh, that syndicated our listing services. And then we had a CRM. And so there were some integrations between those things, but it was really clunky. Um, so we recently switched to Brivity and it is fantastic. We haven't even... Um, we really haven't done a fraction of the stuff that it can do. It is embedded with marketing tools and all those kinds of things. Um, but it just makes that really seamless with data transfer. And then, um, you know, your, uh, I don't even know the right words. When people click your website from the emails you're sending them and all that jazz, it better ranks your Google SEO. So um, Brivity is a big one for us that we use. And we actually use that for transaction management now as well. I had said we weren't doing that in Asana. What else are we using? Google Suite. That's probably very basic, but we have um, a Google Drive folder for our team that has um, everything they could they could need in it from a resource standpoint, training resources, so on and so forth. Jasper is our AI friend. Uh, of course, we're using AI. I think everyone either is or you're like anti, but we're we're, we're using our. Um, I think you got to get on, or you probably know not you personally, but the AI train. It's like, get on or you're going to be left behind. That's what they said at Tom Ferry and it scared me into using it. I'm on the AI train. <laughs> Quick pause. Let's talk real estate investing. Do you want to invest but don't have the time to hunt for deals or run numbers? Or maybe you've got a bunch of investors looking for deals but deal flow totally dried up? Well, word on the street is there's a build to rent company in Florida that's proven to be a great option for both realtors and investors looking for a hands-off solution with numbers that work. They build single family homes, duplexes, and quads. They handle all of the details from breaking ground to tenant placement, then manage the rental on the back end. Plus, they're offering to pay referral fees on any business you send their way. Interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com slash invest for more information. Now back to the show. I, yeah, I was at a, I was at an event recently where from someone from Zillow spoke and it was actually, I mean, it was amazing the stuff that they were creating with it. I mean, I'm not going to try and compete with it. You know, I gladly will jump on. Um, definitely, you know, I think people give expectations to AI that they shouldn't give to it. Like you're not going to need to edit anything. Same thing with the task template I shared. Like you're going to need to edit that to make it fit you. Like, of course, if you take Kristen Bean's task template from St. Louis, Missouri, and you try and apply that to a different market to a one-man show or a 50-person team, like it's not going to make sense. I think the same thing for AI. So, How does your team communicate? Do, they, do you guys use like Slack or WhatsApp or text or what does that look like? Yeah. Um, so I would say with our support team, we're using really Asana primarily um, with that tagging feature for anything that's non-urgent. For our agents, we really just do a group a group text. Um, I recognize if we were to grow very large, that would not work, but it's it works for us right now. It's a really fun way to cheer someone up when they have you know a crap day or to celebrate each other when they get a new contract or whatever the case may be. Some even some leads we throw in there because it just really is the quickest way that we're all talking to each other. How does your team's admin lane structure look? Hard time, half time. So what what are the jobs of your administrative team, and then what do they do within that? Yeah, great question. 
Um, so our transaction coordinator, um, she does everything contract to close, pretty standard transaction coordinator once we get the contract. Um, she manages, you know, scheduling inspections, closings, contacting vendors, helping with any of that kind of thing, doing all our paperwork amendments, so on and so forth. Um, she also does our listing coordination and kind of pre-contract, if you will. So um, since she's in-house, we don't have all those rules. So she'll send out, you know, our our buyer agency forms, our listing paperwork. She prepares all of our listings, gets our photos input. Um, she's fantastic. We actually do a tiered structure on our team with our agents. So once they start, um, they're not working with our transaction coordinator right away. We want to make sure everyone kind of knows how to do things the KB Collective way. Um, on their own, and then they kind of get the benefit of working with the transaction coordinator after a milestone is met. So she's working with um, actually all of our agents right now. We're all kind of through that tiered structure. Um, so that's our transaction coordinator. Um, and then we have a part-time um, admin in the office. Um, she really doesn't spend a lot of time in the office, actually, but she's local. Um, she does a lot of errands. She works in the field. So um, she helps Caitlin and I specifically um, setting signs, preparing for open houses, shopping for closing gifts, you know, so we'll kind of give some prompts and then she'll kind of help us on the execution front, um, helps us, you know, maintain the office space so that it's great for everyone to come in, has what they need. And then we've got a full-time virtual assistant. So um, she's doing a lot of our like database management. You know, if I have four calls with clients on the way to an appointment, I just shoot her a quick audio message so she can update notes and follow-ups accordingly. Um, she's preparing a lot of our marketing from an execution standpoint. So Caitlin, my sister, is actually the marketing uh, visionary, but then we have help on the executional front. So once we create that process, our, our virtual ed, uh, assistant is actually facilitating that to then bring value back to not only Caitlin and I, but all of our agents. And then we've got a very part-time um, marketing assistant. She's been with us the longest, and her role has evolved significantly. She used to just handwrite postcards for us. We've since stopped doing that, but uh, she helps us with some social media stuff, um, some client touch points throughout the year with cards and holiday gifts and things like that. Where do you recommend people look for their first hires or any of the type of hires that you just listed? Mm, like a, like a job site Basically, or something where like that. Find yours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a variety, actually our virtual assistant, we did use a placement company. So I would definitely recommend that if you're going to go the virtual the route. Name as opposed to, yeah, uh, Leverage Virtual. It was actually recommended by someone at a Tom Ferry conference. Um, and we were really impressed by their process. You pay them a flat fee and then they line up interviews for you um, and they share, you know, portfolios. If you're looking for like social media stuff, they share resumes, video introductions. You select who you want to actually have the interviews with. You sit down one day, you, you know, they do all the hard work, really. So they make it really efficient and streamlined for you. Um, other than that, I would say I know more not where to look. Um, don't just hire a friend or a family member because it's convenient. You know, um, we posted on Indeed and LinkedIn, um, Facebook, and we've gotten good applications for various roles over the last couple of years um, through all of those all of those platforms. And for your team, where are the leads coming from? Do you guys do lead generation like as a team, all using the same strategy? Or are you guys doing different marketing strategies? A little bit of a mixed bag. 
Um, so the bulk of our business does come from just sphere and, and, and past clients or cli uh, client referrals or sphere referrals. Um, a lot of that is just showing up on social media and then not forgetting about your people. So once you have closings, um, I think that's where a lot, a lot of people think the relationship ends. But for us, that's really often where the longer term relationship starts. Um, so really being a resource as opposed to a salesperson uh, for those for those people. Um, and done is better than perfect. You know, I think we get stuck in that paralysis of what do I say or how do I say or what's the right drip campaign? Just shoot them a text. Just send them a holiday card. It doesn't have to be legendary in our experience. Um, so that's our, our primary, but we do have a couple of other lead sources that we use. Um, OpCity, which is the back end of Realtor.com. We, we work their leads. Uh, My Agent Finder is another partner. Um, those are probably our biggest ones. But we've dabbled, we've dabbled with a few various um, lead sources in the past. And we, you know, the less is more idea. We've really kind of cut out the ones that give us a closing here and there and have really tried to double down and put our attention on the ones that are actually producing. What does your touch point cadence look like with, because you mentioned sphere of influence, you know, past client referral, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, and you also mentioned holiday cards, shoot them a text. Do you have a flow? I'm sure you have a checklist, but <laughs> what does that um, cadence look like? How often and when are you touching them? Yeah, I'm actually working on making this a little bit more systematic um, right now, um, but at a high level, um, checking in after, the closing probably twice that first month. You know, how did your move go? Do you have any issues? Um, we're big fans of Ninja Selling. If you guys don't know the book, it's fantastic. Um, just being people, you know, just going back to basics and being people. If they have a leaky faucet that they weren't expecting, something minor, just take care of it. You're going to look like a rock star. Everyone's going to be happy. Um, so a couple of touch points in the first in the first month. If it's a seller, like make sure they got their escrow back from their from their lender. Some really basic stuff um, that gives you an excuse to to reach out. Thereafter, um, you know, friending on Facebook, making sure you're wishing them happy birthday, um, happy home anniversaries. We just send a card. It's it's really simple, but people love it. We do a holiday card and gift every year. Again, it's nothing extravagant, but it's something fun. We now do the same thing most every year. We do a little homemade. Um, potpourri things. Um, so that's kind of become our, our staple thing. We do little drop-offs to whoever we close that year. For my kind of main touch points, I try and keep it to like 100 people or less. I found if I put every single person I ever encounter or work with, um, I don't do it because it's just really overwhelming and then there's just too much noise. So I try and keep that list of people that I'm having those really more frequent touch points with to like 100 Real quick, before we get back to the episode, two things I wanted to share. First, thank you so much for tuning in week after week. It really means the world to all of us. Second, we feel like we're just getting started. If you enjoy what we do here, please follow us on this app, share an episode, or give us a quick review. I promise we're working hard behind the scenes to make this show as good as possible now and into the future. Thanks guys, back to the show. Yeah, there's nothing worse than going in your CRM and seeing like hundreds and hundreds of you're supposed to check in reminders pinging you that you failed. <laughs> yeah. 
So I totally feel that you pick, you know, they talk about ABC type of clients and pick your favorites and pour into them. Um, Absolutely. Now, if you're working like a new internet lead, totally different story, more frequency, you know, call, text, email, call, text, email a couple of times a day. Um, then, you know, not lay off until a week later, add value in those touch points. Um, but with people that already know, like, and trust me, have closed with me, um, I, you know, I don't want to bother them. I only reach out if I would appreciate whatever I have to reach out with. So what are you guys currently working on as a team? Yeah, uh, systems for sure. Um, we are really kind of getting solidified between Caitlin and I, especially um, just in our organization. You know, I think for a little while there, we were we were kind of like kindergartners on a soccer field. You know, you've seen that where they all like run and kind of do the same thing. As leaders, Caitlin had stuff she was really good at and I had stuff I was really good at, but we were both involved in everything. Um, so we really tried to kind of go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what is that? Do I need to be involved? No. What is this? Who does need to be involved that's not involved? And that's where a lot of um, our work has come from. And that's something we're going to work on with our new coach as well is kind of shifting from, you know, we've worked really hard, so it's worked out for us, um, but it's not as sustainable or as effective as it could be if we kind of stayed in our lane. So um, from like a business standpoint, that's something we're really working on. Um, And then we are growing our agents. So um, we want to have probably 10 agents in the next five years or so. We don't have aspirations to be the, the biggest team in St. Louis. We want to have a really tight-knit, um, a really recognizable brand and process that can be a really, really consistent experience. Um, and we're really trying to raise the bar both in terms of kind of a white glove service and just ethics and what what the consumer can expect. So um, we think we can we think we can do that with probably 10 agents, but we'll see. I was at Tom Ferry Summit this past August, and they said something that really stuck with me. I loved it. They said, if you're going to do a team, keep it small or go really big. Because, and by really big, I don't mean like massive, massive, but you, the middle ground, uh, medium-sized teams is where the most failure happens. And so I love that you're, you've already decided up front to smaller, close knit, build that type brand. Cause I, I have seen, you know, a lot of agents will get carried away with the idea of like, Oh, this person wants to be on my team. Even though they know maybe in their heart that it's not the right fit or that person is not going to bring value or withhold their brand the way they want them to. And it, you know, the ego and the, oh, I'm going to have this many agents on my team. So I love that you said that. Absolutely. I uh, I didn't make it to Summit this year, but I wish I had. We could have met in real life. Um, Tom Ferry knows a thing or two about building teams and that, you know, a lot of his stuff sinks in. Um, but we're definitely not, you know, a team that it's like, hey, who wants to hang their license here? We're looking for numbers. You know, I know there's a lot of teams like that, which works for them. You know, it's more of like a lead share kind of thing. Can we be the biggest on Zillow? And you know, just give out leads. Um, but we just, we want a really branded tight knit experience and the right people in the seats is, is superior to anything else. What did we not talk about that you would like to touch on? I don't know how related this is, but something I'm passionate about if there are newer agents, especially listening, I think a lot of the messaging that is given is to, you know, work your sphere and know your worth and 
that is completely the opposite of how I kind of launched in real estate. Um, I did listings for very, very little um, because that was whatever percent of that was more than zero. Um, and I drove easily an hour away. I can think of one that I did, you know, an hour and a half away, which is kind of wild in the St. Louis suburbs. It's, that's really what that's really far. Um, but those were the people that were agreeing to work with me. And that is how people that I knew uh, started reaching out to me. It's kind of a fake it till you make it thing, right? They don't know what you're charging them when you're posting that you've got three new listings this week. Um, they don't know that, you know, that listing appointment was an hour away or whatever it was. Um, and so now I can be a little bit choosier. I rarely discount my commission. Um, I work with mostly friends and family and client referrals, which is a blessing. Um, but I wanted to grow faster than I could organically. And I think a lot of people enter the industry just expecting people to start calling them now that they have their license that they can hold up. And it just isn't that way. They knew, they knew agents before you were in the industry and, you know, you got to give them a reason to to want to call you. So that would be just like my one, something I'm just passionate about um, is kind of grinding at first until you kind of earn it. To the new agents out there, no one owes you anything. <laughs> you have to be the driving force behind every result that you get. And you don't, no one's going to ask you just because you got licensed and post one thing on Facebook, like, will you sell my house? Maybe one person will, but they don't owe you shit. I'm not allowed to curse. <laughs> but offended when they won't call you. Like to this day, some of my best friends don't work with me because they know six or seven agents and one of them is their mom's sisters. It's going to cause drama. Like I don't want anyone to ever feel pressure to work with me. I want people to be excited to work with me. Like nip that myth in the butt in the beginning. You'll be better off for it. Okay. couple wrap up questions for you. Um, first, what events are you going to in the next 12 months? I knew this was coming and I just went on a little mini tour the last three months uh, at events. So I don't have any events on the books right this second, but my coach is hosting a retreat in Dallas, the Hero Nation tribe retreat, I believe in January. I hope to be there. I'm in the 30 under 30 network. So our mastermind next year will be in New York. That will be awesome. Um, I'll definitely make it back to a Tom Ferry event. I'm not sure which one, but I haven't been since spring this year. So I always leave with a lot of good. Dude, good I'm just summit because I'm going again. And last year was amazing. Uh, I actually hadn't been a Tom Ferry fangirl. Like so many people have talked about Tom Ferry for years. And you know how it is when you just get sent another podcast or another video to watch. And it's just like, I can't do anymore right now. Yeah. But I went to, you know, so I'm like, oh gosh, you know, I hear him everywhere. And I went with a couple of people from our community and I had the best time and learned so freaking much. Like all of the content was like, so cutting edge and like AI forward and tech forward. And also like fresh, you know how sometimes you go to conferences and it's like the same, like, man, I could have freaking heard that online from 17 different YouTube videos. No, it just like felt really good. So definitely come, come next. It was really tactical stuff yeah. to say. Um, I'll share a takeaway from last year that we started doing this year uh, from Tom Ferry. We were not tracking our listing appointments, our buyer consultations, our showings. We were not tracking any of that prior to this year. We were just looking at results. And you don't control your results, right? You control your inputs, which, duh, everyone knows. It's not really cutting edge. But the way that he 
explained it and wanted you to outline all of your numbers, it, it was it was an epiphany to me. Like, oh, if you can just look at your showing to buyer closing ratio, you know exactly what you need to do to hit your new closing ratio. And so we have these awesome, making a note to show this template. Uh, we have these awesome boards now in our office. They are, I don't know, at least five by five foot, probably they're these giant posters and everyone's got a lane. Um, all our agents have a space and a different colored sticky note and you get to come in and put down how many listing appointments you went on this week, how many buyer consultations, so on and so forth. And even if you got none of them, you get credit for doing them. Um, realtors need gold stars. We don't get a lot of um, praise through the hardship along the way until, you know, until kind of the, the closing table. And that rewards you for putting in the work. Um, and I think it's why we're having our best year ever in a year that a lot of people are not, uh, you know, are not are trending kind of downwards in terms of their volume, because we're just sticking to the inputs and not obsessing over the outputs. Um, so those templates have been really fun. I will share that too. Thank you. You knew I was going to ask. Realestaterockstarsnetwork.com toolkit, everyone. The inputs versus outputs was um, a good one for me too. Like it, it kicked me hard. And I got it from Alex Ramosi, who I am a fangirl of. Do you know Alex Ramosi? Was he he's, on a podcast recently? I feel like I've heard him. Dude, he's everywhere. Yeah. You got to look him up. It's for, for, for like business building yeah. and like taking limiting beliefs that you don't even know are limiting. It's just like the stuff that you've heard throughout the business industry for years and years. And he just like flips it on its head and he does it really in a dynamic way. Um, anyway. Yeah. So I love the different events you're going to. Also this 2024 real estate Rockstars mastermind is sold out, but the 2025 one, you should definitely come freaking love it. I've been there since the very first year they started them. Obviously I'm totally biased because now Aaron has let me host this podcast so kindly. Um, but yeah, definitely mark your calendars for that in 2025. And my next question is other than, um, sending you massive amounts of referrals in the St. Louis, Missouri area, how else can listeners or how, how else can I help you in your business? Anyway. Yeah. Connect with us on social. I love to have conversations. Um, shoot me an email. I'm, I'm an open book, um, but I love to have conversations. My background in financial services was leadership and coaching. Um, and it's really rewarding when I get to, you know, not only help and coach others, but be inspired by what other people are doing. I think we can all learn something from each other and I would love to connect. That's what we can do. Which feeds beautifully into my final question, which is where can people find you? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is probably where we are the most active um, at Kristen Beam, B with a silent H, B-E-A-H-M. Uh, and then our team page is KB Collective Real Estate. The team page is going to be much prettier because Caitlin takes care of that. But on my personal page, you'll uh, see a lot of getting to know me. If that's of interest, my toddler, I post dancing on there, me doing crazy long sweaty runs right now in this season. That's where, that's where we hang out a lot or our website, kbcollectiverealestate.com. Perfect. And listeners, if you want to hang out with me and Aaron, we are The Shelby Show and Aaron Amuchastegui on the gram. Hit us up, hang out with us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all the things. And guys, that is it for today. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show and Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.